Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 194. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. Um, it's going to be a bit of a longer episode this week. Uh, if you don't know, there was a Nintendo Direct this week, um, so that that's gonna that's a good chunk of things to talk about. Um, and then also, there's a few other news stories I want to touch on. Um, um, but in addition, part of why this will also be lengthy is because I, I went to a couple of arcades over the last weekend. Um, so I went and played uh, at this one place called Game Nest. That's a local arcade here in Las Vegas. And they have a, they have a good mix of stuff, uh, you know, of older arcade games and newer ones. Um, I say they have a pretty heavily heavy emphasis on uh, Japanese rhythm games for sure. Um, that that is a, a at least a good corner of their their area or their uh, their um location is dedicated to that stuff um but i really sat down and played uh silent scope bone eater although when i say really sat down and played i, I played through it once kind of thing it's not like i i i spent a ton of time on it but uh but i was able to play it to completion and that was a a fun thing if you don't don't know what a silent scope is uh basically it's whenever or it's a arcade machine that has like a, a sniper rifle controller that's like mounted on the center and you kind of sit there and like look through a scope and the scope I, I assume has a screen on the inside that gives you a zoomed in look of whatever you're looking at on the main screen and in the particular case of silent scope bone eater it's like a portrait screen i think in the previous systems that might have not been the case or previous silent scopes i have not played like older silent scope games really I've, i definitely tried them i've also tried like a golgo 13 clone of silent scope um but i i never really committed a lot of time to them uh and in the case of bone eater i i, I did have a lot of fun with it it's, it's got more of like an anime aesthetic than those previous silent scope games or at least the ones i've i've seen um, so you're like this main guy and this main girl, you, you play as the main guy, the girl just kind of is your, your like character who's like in the screen or whatever. Um, and, and, and like guiding you around. She has like this grapple hook and I, I can't remember, she might have like a jetpack too. And so she kind of like, I think like brings you between different buildings. So she like swings around the city and things like that. So you're kind of flying all over, landing on the sides of buildings and then, and then sniping with the sniper rifle. It does a, a you know, that arcade thing where they have like the, the air, you know, fans or whatever at the top. So when you're swinging around, the, the system like will blow air in your face um, to kind of simulate that, the, the wind blowing into your face kind of thing. So, so I think that kind of stuff is neat, uh, especially since it's something you can't really do in like a home console. Uh, there were those controllers that had like the little uh, uh, fans on the back of them to like cool your hands or whatever. So just play a game with that, turn it around, blow it up on your face. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so so yeah, it was pretty fun. I, I, I think the challenge I have with that game is knowing how often I should be looking down the scope and how often I should be referring to the main screen. Obviously, when you're shooting, you want to be looking down the scope. But on the, the main screen, that seems to be helpful for like, you know, picking out enemies and things like that. The... um. The spotter you have will basically, like, eventually note where, where enemies are. So when you're looking in the scope, it'll actually give you an icon to show you, like, what how far a character is and in what direction you need to go to, to snipe them. But if you want to get like preemptive in sniping them or, or finding like the secret um, enemies to snipe around the map, uh, you got to kind of like look at the main screen or whatever. Um, and and, and it, it can be pretty challenging though, because like a lot of those enemies move around quite a bit. So there's definitely times where you like try to get your scope on an enemy and, and it's really hard to track them, especially the final boss. The final boss in particular moves around like crazy. And uh, sometimes I found it easier to just, use the the main screen as like <laughs> how i shoot enemies because there is like a, a, a cursor on the screen that shows you where you're pointed basically so i'd line up the cursor and then i'd snipe enemies that way so it, it wasn't perfect but sometimes with the, some of the faster moving enemies it just made more sense to try to do that rather than look where they're at on the screen make sure my cursors by where they are look down the scope 
like to like uh, uh dial it in basically and then snipe them but but yeah i had a lot of fun with it i think it was like maybe like 20 30 minutes long it was not particularly long uh game nest is like a free play kind of uh arcade as well so it wasn't like i had to dump a bunch of credits into it i definitely died a ton on the final boss so uh i'm, I'm glad for that so yeah um, there's, a. Uh, I also played a little bit of Taiko Drum Master. It's actually an older Taiko Drum Master machine there. Um, uh, it's got, like, a CRT in there. And I don't know if this is a case of just how the older systems are built, or maybe this, this hardware is, like, old and, and outdated and, and just, you know, has trouble registering. But it seems like you really have to hit that drum hard for it to register. I, I played a bit of Taiko when I was in Japan, and I do not remember having to hit the drum nearly as hard as this one does, uh, requires at least. Um, and, and thankfully, since it was an older machine, uh, I, I, you know, as I have recently played through Happy Dance Collection, a lot of that music showed up in Taiko Drum Masters, like, oh, I know this song, I can, I can play to this song a lot easier kind of thing, so, so that was kind of a nice thing, but, uh, I, I, I didn't spend a ton of time with it, um, I, I do have that Taiko game on Switch, so I'd probably rather focus on Taiko Rhythmic Adventure or something like that. Um, and they also have a couple Bishy Bashi machines there. I've played that and talked about the, the one in the past that has like the, the four buttons. So like the three colored ones plus the yellow one. And they also have the one with like the green disc that's in the center along with the two buttons. Um, so, so I played a bit of that. Those are kind of like weird little Mario Party kind of things. Um, speaking of Mario, they actually have Mario and Sonic at the Rio Olympic Games there as well. I thought that was pretty cool. It definitely felt like a Wii game in, like, arcade game form. You have, like, these two little, uh, balls that you put your hands on, and they got levers, and they kind of, like, act as giant joysticks, and then you have, like, a, a pressure pad below you, so you can kind of jump on the system or run in, in place. Um, so they're basically, like, little mini games where you just, you know, throw javelins and, and, and run or, or, or do, like, a, a I think one was like a, a some kind of throwing. Oh no, it was like a swimming mini game that I played as well. So so it was it was a neat little thing. I I, I don't know if it would be worth like I think the hundred yen it probably would have cost to play honestly. Um, but you know it was it was a fun little thing that was was a, a neat. I don't know. I wouldn't invest a lot of time into it. I guess that's what I'm saying. But I but playing it once or twice and just kind of messing with it that was that was kind of fun. Um, and then we also went to round one and, uh, at round one, um, you know, they, they, if you've ever been to a, a round one, they have a lot of rhythm games there too. Um, I'd say round one has way more fighting games than something like game nest as well. There's a ton of machines at the, the Las Vegas one that just kind of in the entrance, they just, there are rows and rows of fighting game machines with various games on it. Um, surprisingly, a lot of them are not like set up for two player play at all. So it seems like you just kind of are going to be playing against the CPU. I don't know. You know, I don't know the appeal of that in a fighting game environment or an arcade environment, honestly. Um, but you know, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a big fighting game player, so I can't say what the the, the appeal of going to an arcade for a fighting game is. Um, obviously, I like playing uh, f fighting games on my own at home against AI, so it's not it's not a big deal for me. Um, so played a bit of that. Um, I didn't really commit to anything while I was there, to be honest. Unlike like a, a Silent Scope Bone Eater. Um, there was like another Bishy Bashi clone, uh, kind of thing with like a, a lever pulley. Um, I'll also, I played, I played that when I was in Japan, actually, when I was out there, I think I mentioned it in, a, in one of the podcasts when I, after I came back from Japan, um, I played a little bit of Gunslinger Stratos. I finally registered my Nessica card to it, although the uh, <laughs> I looked into it again afterwards just to kind of kind of refresh my memory on what was happening with that game server-wise. And so on April 1st, they're shutting the servers down and there won't be any kind of like multiplayer servers or anything like that. You can just do like the mission mode. I don't know. I assume that the, the, the Nessica card tracking stuff won't be there either. Um, I don't know if the mission mode is like something that feels kind of satisfying to play through or if it's more like an extended trading option. So maybe it'd be worth some time going through all the mission stuff in the mission mode but uh 
but uh yeah i mean i mean i probably i would have never been competitive in that game online anyway so i'm probably not missing out on all that much even if i just play through mission mode or whatever um but uh yeah i played a little bit of that finally used my nesica card don't know what else i can use a nesica card for i'm sure there are other games but uh i have not <laughs> i've not bothered with that and there's also a ton of crane games at, at round one i actually won uh a a figure at a, a crane game called i think they're called like q posket or something like that something weird they're like these kind of I don't know. They're kind of like weird chibi characters that almost kind of like a Disney aesthetic to them to some degree. I don't know, you know, who produces them or anything like that. But I won one for Evangelion with for Asuka or whatever. Um, I don't know anything about Evangelion, nor do I care about Asuka. So I, I just gave it away to somebody else. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really need a weird Asuka figure sitting around my house. And weird, I just mean in, 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 in form and dimensions of what that character looks like. I, I posted the picture up on Twitter, so I'll probably just throw it up on screen here at some point. But yeah, it was it was it was indeed something. Uh, I was thankfully able to get it like pretty early on, uh, so I only spent maybe four or five bucks in total before before I actually got it. But then I played a bunch of other crane games and probably spent in total uh, a lot more money than that. <laughs> crane games are weirdly um, addictive in some ways. I, I don't think I, I I would say I love them. But they are just like really handy, fancy things. It's just fancy, uh, really, really fun little little bite-sized bits of entertainment and 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 stuff. So obviously, anything you're getting out of there, you're probably going to be spending more money trying to get it out of there than than even like buying it. I think I think literally those Q Posket uh, uh, figures are at like another store in the uh, the mall that round one is in. So yeah, it was a it was a lot of a lot of fun. I think the really only only takeaway I had at this point is uh, I've been to Game Nest in round one a couple times now, and and kind of being like, man, I don't really feel the desire to commit to any rhythm games um, at like a Game Nest kind of thing. I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I it's kind of neat to see the different gimmicks of a rhythm game, but but I know I'm not gonna like really dedicate to get dedicate time to one where I have to go to like an arcade to play it probably that and I have plenty of rhythm games like around my house or whatever but uh I think it's cool that it's there I just I just don't know if I ever will will fully commit to any sort of rhythm game at one of those places but I'm also not really the person to get like deep into a rhythm game or a fighting game uh honestly so so yeah anyways that was the arcade adventures that i had um uh over the weekend so uh in terms of news this week uh, and i haven't really played that much honestly uh since then or at least nothing in depth enough for me to really say anything new about um but uh but uh so so in terms of news stories for the last week um a couple of small ones here before we get into the nintendo direct um if you didn't see there's a uh, star fox adventures slash uh Dinosaur Planet build that was found for the Nintendo 64. If you don't know, uh, Star Fox Adventures that came out on the GameCube was originally a Nintendo 64 game called Dinosaur Planet, and it was its own original IP by Rare. Um, but uh, eventually, Nintendo was like, "Hey, why don't you make this a Star Fox game?" Because the main character is a fox. Basically, uh, that seems to be the the extent of the thought behind it. But who knows? Maybe there's more more discussions behind the scenes. So this uh, this Nintendo 64 build of uh, Dinosaur Planet that got out there is kind of like in between uh, uh, them converting over the game from. From, from a original IP to also uh, Star Fox, um, because the character in the game is Star Fox, but there's still some like graphics in the game that look like the original uh, Fox character that they had beforehand. Like there's a, like a HUD that appears where the um, the character's face comes down, and that is not Star Fox's face. It's a it's a the other Fox's face from from the previous game or whatever he is. Uh, I think he was a fox. Um, but yeah, apparently it's like near final, or at least it like content wise is near final. I don't think it's completable in its current state, but it sounds like, um, from what I was reading on the Twitter thread, uh, that was posted below it, it it's somewhere 
in a position where people could hack it together to be a completable game. Obviously, there's like crashing and things like that. It was never fully, you know, it's not one of those cases, or at least as far as I'm aware, it's not one of those cases where they had like a retail ROM built out and ready to go, like in the case of Star Fox 2. Um, but but in the case of uh, this, it seems like it's kind of a, a near final build, and it sounds like it's 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 pretty playable throughout. Um, and I did I did kind of poke around a stream a little bit, and I haven't played through Star Fox Adventures myself, so it's a little hard for me to say what's different and what's not. But from what I asked about in a in a stream chat that I was talking to, um, it sounds like the game is actually pretty substantially different. Um, some of the mechanics have changed quite a bit. It sounds like Crystal was a character that could could basically pair with you throughout the game, where I don't think that's the case in the in the GameCube. So, so I think there's a lot of like things that are very similar, but also uh, mechanically things that are different. Fox has a sword too, rather than a staff. So, so it's this really interesting piece of, 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 of I guess you could say history, um, where we have this like near final 64 version of the game, um, or at least what was described as near final in the Twitter Twitter thread. I, I don't want to sit there and say that I know that for sure. I don't want to spread false info with that. But, but a a, a largely content completeish version, it sounds like, um, of the the previous vision of this game although in, in in the case of of uh, uh or in this case like still kind of transitioning into what would eventually become the final game kind of thing um i would like to play star fox adventures eventually and, I, and eventually if, if there's like a dinosaur planet build that comes out that's a uh, more um um completable that'd be kind of a neat thing to do right now i think it is only playable through an everdrive or at least it's it is is the most stable on an everdrive um and running it on there um i, I believe you can also put it into like project 64 and things like that but from what i was reading it sounds like it's pretty bugged out if you try to do that right now so uh, maybe not the best uh uh experience if you do an emulator despite that probably being the easiest way to probably uh access it these days I need to eventually get a 64 EverDrive, but it's just not important at this time. So that probably means I'll never get one unless I get like really obsessed about one particular thing that I want to <laughs> dive into or something. Um, there's also some some uh, Xbox uh, backwards compatibility updates that was kind of interesting. Uh, basically, they had five games that they updated. Uh, Lucky's Tale, UFC 4, Watch Dogs 2, Sniper Elite 4, and Far Cry 4. And what these uh, patches did for the Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X was um, increase the game frame rates from from in some cases it's like 30 to 60 other cases it's like a game like sniper elite 4 was running between like 20 to 25 frames and then they increased it to 60 from there and i think lucky's tale uh, they went from 60 to 120 frames per second but what's kind of interesting about this from from what the digital foundry video was explaining was basically they didn't make any code changes to the games themselves uh what they did was they have like the shell running up uh, um, um, over top of the game and and through that they have essentially increased like the the amount of frames that the, the the game is rendering out but the game code itself still think is, thinks it's running at its original frame rate basically so it basically like thinks it's running at 30 frames per second so uh so my understanding that would 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 like the game code itself is not saying hey run at 60 um so so it's just like the 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 shell that is running over it is basically requesting those additional frames without the game kind of realizing it which is kind of neat it's a, it's a neat way to to do that and um i i'll be curious to see um how much this gets applied to games in the future the big thing with with backwards compatibility and updates and things like that is that if you have to change the game code um then then that requires you know having the code to work with and also, um, you know, uh, uh, putting development effort into it and things like that. Or it sounds like in this case of the shell, it'll pretty much just basically apply right over the final retail game. And then uh, there, there might need to be some testing and adjustments made, it sounds like. Um, 
so it's not something that they can just release for every game. It sounds like, but um, but it's something that is a easier way for for um publishers to justify updating their previous games to run better. Now the thing that always comes into play here is you know a lot of developers, or at least these days, a lot of publishers like to re-release their games. So you know, would you want to provide this for free, or would you want to you know make charge people for Far Cry Four? um, 4k edition, far, far cry 4k, <laughs> um, um, you know, however many years down the line for however much money, um, rather than just provide people a free update that makes the game run in like 60 frames per second. And actually I said 4k, but it doesn't actually up the resolution as far as my understanding is. So the game will always, or at least right now in these games they released will run in the original resolution. So I think far cry 4, Far Cry 4 might have been 1080p. There's one one game I think that they said was 900p. I think it might have been Watch Dogs 2, and and that that final game still only runs in 100 or 900p at the the, the highest. So so yeah. So it's it's interesting thing, and I and I hope we see it applied to more games. Um, I, it really whether or not it matters really just depends on how much Microsoft pushes this out and how how you know aggressive they are. It's the problem that backwards compatibility always has on these platforms though is that it's only as good as you know however many publishers are willing to get on board and how much effort they're willing to put into it um because it's not native hardware emulation. So you can't just throw your your disk of um trying to, what was that media vision mouse games like mouse capade or something? I don't know. There's like an Xbox mouse game made by media vision. Uh, if you put that in your Xbox Series X, uh, probably won't run. I, I, I guess I can't say for sure, to be honest with you. I, I've not, I have not confirmed that that game uh, uh, does not run on a, a Xbox Series X, but it's probably, <laughs> probably not. I don't know. Don't, don't ask me. Anyways, point being, it's, it's easier if it's like a hardware um, 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 backwards compatibility rather than something you have to build a shell out, shell out for. So. Uh, and one little update here before we get into Nintendo Direct stuff. Uh, the um, Solomon program was announced for release. Uh, it, is, it is finally um, coming out, and it's actually coming out very soon. It's coming out on February 25th. However, they uh, apparently decided not to do a retail release, and they apparently decided not to basically sell it as a digital product. So what happens is that now it's a free-to-play game. Um, they haven't really said much about the billing model. You know, I assume you're going to be able to you know pay to pull packs of monsters and things like that. Uh, I will definitely check it out and, and spend some time with it. Um, I will say the free-to-play model is not something I'm particularly fond of. Um, and I also, I, I don't know how much I ever talked about this on the podcast or anything like that. I was not a huge fan of the updates made in the 2.0, um, demo they put out, or I don't know if it was 2.0, but the, 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 the second demo they put out, um, I think they did a lot of things with that game's user interface, um, that, that kind of got in the way of helping the player understand, um, how, how the AI in that game works. So the original game was very clear about how characters move around and what is causing them to do what. Um, where where the second game you could or the second release of the demo um, you could look at that stuff but it was very um, obstructive it would cover up parts of the screen in a way that I did not like um, so it made it a lot harder to just like leave that little little display open and and watch it while the characters walk around so you have an understanding of what was was happening and and the most recently released screenshots they put out it seems like that's still the case at the moment so we'll see how I feel about the the, the final game uh, in the end but uh, I'm looking forward to, to checking it out oh one other thing is that apparently uh, Limit Run Games finally put up uh, a, a page for Curse of the Moon 2 after, I think it was like July last year they announced they were doing a physical copy of Curse of the Moon 2. So on the 26th of this month, you'll be able to start pre-ordering it, I assume for about a month. And then I 
I guess in November or something. I don't think they put like an estimated delivery date yet, but uh, you know, with how limited run games has been lately, like for me at least, um, chances are it means that we won't, I won't actually play that game for another nine months or something like that. Something ridiculous. I, I definitely, I've said it before. I appreciate what limited run games does um, and the, the, what they, what they offer. But I, I think at this point, I'm just like getting more and more frustrated by the physical market space of games and how a lot of that stuff is just limited time uh, releases, collector's editions. I like, I don't really need the PCP splash collector's editions, right? That's, I just want the, the standard game box, right? Um, that's, that is what I want. I, I like to have a physical disc, but, um, just like having to, to stress about all these things all the time is, is, is annoying. Um, and, and it's definitely making me get to the point where I'm like, maybe I should just buy stuff digitally. And then if I care enough in the future, I can buy something physically. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of frustrating. Um, analog duo. I'm also super worried about, I, I really want analog duo. Cause I really do want to start looking at PC engine games, uh, disc ones specifically. Um, and, and I don't, I, I was trying to run Private Idol on a PC, and I was having issues with running it on a PC, which it's it's not bad, but you know, it's, I would rather have a more reliable experience where I'm not going to run into issues where cutscenes don't play, especially in a game like Private Idol, where the cutscenes are a huge part of that game. Like, I don't want to miss um, cutscenes and things like that. So, so I, I I would like to have something that's reliable and and isn't going to you know bug out on me regularly. That'd be nice. But the fact of the matter is, is that I I think those analog hard hardware orders like i saw the, the analog pocket is still not in a position where you can get an analog pocket and it's been like what six nine months my 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 greatest hope is that the analog duo is something that's not as in demand so as as a as a um you know game boy pocket i feel like the game boyish form factor for games was a lot more appealing for people i don't think as many people are as interested in the analog duo but that also probably means they're making less of them so i don't know it's 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 frustrating i i'm I'm just venting about the, the difficulty to acquire things that I feel like should be somewhat readily available. I don't know. Anyways, Nintendo Direct this week. That was a surprise. I think it's been a very long time since there's been a Nintendo Direct. Um, so, so you know, I always come to these things without many expectations. And, and, and I think that's always helped me out quite a bit, um, especially since I am a Nintendo fan. So I definitely um, enjoy uh uh some of the more niche announcements and things like that where where i feel like with the sony and microsoft press conference i i'm usually there just kind of see what they have to offer and and kind of understand their strategy where with nintendo platforms generally generally there's like actual games i'm interested in so that's that's always the, the nice thing about them um one game that i probably won't play but i i it did make me think a little bit was uh mario golf super rush um i i, I think I don't really have a lot to say about Mario Golf. I haven't played a Mario Golf game since the Nintendo 64. Um, but I will say that I think the speed uh, golf mode looks really cool, which if you haven't seen, is like a multiplayer uh, golf uh, mode where basically you golf in real time and you're racing to get to the, the hole. So everybody's running on the course at the same time. You can pick up items. You can It looks like you can attack each other or, or use like speed boosts at the very least. Um, you get like stars and things like that. So it looks like a really neat mode in that game. And I'll probably actually be keeping an eye to see kind of how that mode turns out that that might make me want to at least check it out but at the same time I, I i don't really have a ton of desire to play a mario golf game i will say it does make me wonder like seeing this game made me wonder about like the current state of the mario sports games um specifically and how people feel about them i'm not saying this is somebody who's like oh man 
Mario sports games are are not what they used to be. Um, I, I I have no no feelings or opinion on on most Mario sports games outside of Mario Tennis Aces, just because even the ones I played when I was a kid, I don't remember anything about. Um, but I do feel like that. Other than the people who point out like the original Game Boy Color one, I think uh, for some of those, I think there might have been a Game Boy Advance one that people like as well, and the original sixty four releases, maybe like Power Tennis on GameCube. Um, every Mario sports game that's really come out since, uh, Chargers is another one, um, uh, or Strikers Charge, or whatever it's called, the, the soccer one. But pretty much every Mario game that's come out since the GameCube, I feel like Mario sports game that's come out since the GameCube, has been really underwhelming to most people. It seems like, I, I, I could be wrong about this. I'm sure the people who are love these games, and I, and I will say that these games are probably all good games, um, but I just don't really see anybody who is like, like, I just don't really see that that big like response of like, hey, this thing is amazing and great every time. It feels like every single one of them kind of has left something to be desired from what I hear from other people. Now, I did play Mario Tennis Aces, and I will say I really like the Mario Tennis Aces uh, uh, tennis mechanics. The mechanics themselves in Mario Tennis Aces are great, but the content of the game I remember feeling kind of lacking. I did play through the story mode, and I did enjoy the story mode, but I remember it being very very short and not really having a Mario feel to it in a lot of ways. Um, outside of the boss fights, the boss fights were very cool. Um, but but a lot of the normal tennis matches just felt like normal tennis matches, and I kind of expect more out of a Mario game. Uh, but again, that doesn't say it wasn't. That's not to say it wasn't bad. I just kind of, I'm kind of curious how how people feel about Mario sports game when they get announced now. I feel like it's becoming a growing niche of people who care about that 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 genre, or at least passionate people on the internet, right? I think Mario sports games still sell very well. So yeah. Um, Famicom Detective Club is getting a, a US release, which I was really excited about. Although, you know, I, I, it's one of those games that I really want to buy and I really want to support them, them bringing it over. But at the same time, I also have, I picked up Buddy Mission Bond, the, the import for that. Um, I also have a copy of Steam Prison on the way, and, and I have a variety of other visual novels just kind of laying around. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to really see the, see a situation where I'm going to play a lot or, or play Famicom Detective Club at all, basically. So I think it's more of an interesting thing from like a historical perspective and like the fact that Nintendo was making these kind of games. Um, that and it's like a Famicom game initially. And then there's also the Super Famicom release. I tried to play one of the Super Famicom games fan translated a long time ago, uh, but I just never committed to it. Um, whenever something's on emulator, I have a really hard time committing to it. Uh, so so uh, it's something I never got around to. But I, I'm really glad it's coming over. I think it's coming over with its collector's edition as well, which seems kind of crazy for that kind of game. Uh, although I wouldn't be surprised if that's the only way you can get a physical copy of Famicom Detective Club. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. Maybe that means that Buddy Mission Bond actually has a chance of getting localized. That'd be nice. I wonder if it's one of those cases where they're going to try Famicom Detective Club first, see how it does, and then if it sells well, maybe bring over Buddy Mission Bond. Um, I don't know how much overlap there is between those audiences, but you know, at least in terms of the types of games they are, I imagine they're, they're, they're kind of similar. Uh, Square Enix announced a game called uh, Triangle Strategy, which seems to be a part of that like Octopath Traveler Bravely Default kind of um uh style of game that they've, they've been putting out where it's like a a knockoff of their own franchises <laughs> which is kind of weird it's like hey we're gonna make a final fantasy or a saga game but we're actually not gonna call it either of those things um so triangle again again is a a, a final fantasy tactic style uh a strategy rpg with the aesthetics of like an octopath traveler so that kind of like 3d pixel art kind of look um it looks really cool and and and, and um i had a friend talk to me about it this week and it sounds it sounds neat i don't think i'll ever play it um i think if i were to play a strategy rpg i feel like I still need to play through the original Final Fantasy Tactics, um, or at least, uh, you know, at least when it comes to Square Enix strategy RPGs. Um, obviously, I have 
cases like Sparkling Feather, where I, I would like to play through Sparkling Feather again at some point on the PCFX, um, but I, I, I wonder if I'm really going to be able to figure that game out. There's definitely a bad ending scenario that I ended up with that game, and I have no idea really how to get to the good ending. So without like some additional resources outside of um, of the game itself, I'm going to imagine I'm going to have a lot of trouble actually finishing Sparkling Feather uh, properly. That and I have um, that Fire Emblem style game for, for the PCFX, um, Farland story. So I've got enough of those games sitting around that I don't think I'll tr- check out Triangle like, uh, Strategy, but I think it's very, very cool. I keep wanting to say Triangle again because I have a Xbox game called Triangle Again, which is like a uh, Xbox visual novel that has a lot of like animated uh, cutscenes and things like that. I have not played that yet because uh, I don't have a way to play Japanese Xbox games or at least original Xbox games. I have two Japanese original Xbox games, I think. Triangle Again and I think Innocent Tears. Those are the two I have, so... Um, and then there's uh, No More Heroes 3 that was uh, was uh, announced, that, or not announced, but uh, they announced the release date for, which is coming out in August. Um, it's really hard to tell, like, from that trailer how that game looks. I think visually it looks very uh, rough to, to, to some degree. It's hard to say because, like, what they're doing that game graphically affects the YouTube uh, streaming, uh, 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 you know, compression and things like that. So the game kind of looks like a mess whenever you look at it through a, a YouTube video. Um, but also I don't really expect it to have a huge budget. So I, I, I get the feeling it's probably not going to look amazing. Uh, eventually no more heroes three came out on PS4 or no more heroes. Uh, Travis strikes again came out on PS4. So I'll be curious to see, um, how long this game, this game waits, but I'll probably pick it up at launch. Um, I, as much as I complain about, uh, Travis touchdown and how he's kind of evolved as a character. I do like the newer hero series a lot. I've enjoyed every single one of those games. So I will, uh, I will definitely pick this one up and, and, and check it out in August. Neon white was there too on, on that stream. And it looked very like, um, it, it kind of reminded me of like a, a killer seven, no more heroes in terms of tone. Uh, it was kind of like a fast moving first person, um, action game uh that was based around like assassins and things like that i think like you're assassinating demons in heaven or something like that i thought that looked pretty nice but i have nothing else to say other than i thought it looked pretty nice i will never play that game i'm absolutely sure uh and then there's world's end club which was announced a while ago um i i don't know if the, the purpose of this was to announce a release date or something but but i think i the thing i kind of forgot about that game that i that i when i remembered it, it was like oh that's actually a very cool concept is it's a game about a death game that's canceled and like the characters basically are trying to get home after the death game was canceled so so it's it seems like it would be has a lot of potential to be like a really um fun uh story and 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 it looks kind of charming in a lot of ways i don't know if that's like a fake facade they're putting over it so like when the when the characters start dying you're like oh my god the the cute children are killing each other kind of thing um but but i do think that it looks like a fun little thing i will probably also never play that um, they also announced a couple of, uh, of, of re-releases for the Switch, the big one being Skyward Sword HD. Um, I'm actually pretty excited for this because Skyward Sword is a game that I think really suffered on the Wii due to the uh, the resolution of the system. Um, th- that game has a really interesting like watercolor look that I think 480p visuals kind of um, you know pixelated in a way that, that didn't look great. So having that thing up and running in HD seems really cool. That game's also very gyro-focused. I don't think there were many cases of the pointer being used outside of menus um so so it seems like a good fit to kind of adapt to the joy cons uh I, I would assume the joy con gyro is as good as or not better than the um 
the Wii Remote's gyro. Um, so, so hopefully that means actually improved controls, unlike other games that have the pointer functionality, uh, Wii games that got ported to the Switch, uh, because when you when a game uses the actual pointer and then you, you switch to like a gyro, um, you do lose a lot of accuracy. But thankfully, for better or for worse, Skyward Sword didn't really use the pointer all that much. Even like using the bow, you you were using the gyro for the bow and things like that. So um, I'm really interested in this, and I and if, if Hero Mode is available from the start, um, I may look into picking this up. The biggest pill to swallow with this is that the game is sixty dollars. Um, which, Hey, you know, there, there's the, always the, the conversation of what is the value of a game, right? In terms of like, is a game worth $60, um, um, for the content that's in it. And I think on the base level for Skyward Sword, I, I would say absolutely. Yes. If you're going to pay $60 for Skyward Sword, you're probably not going to be too disappointed. Uh, but there's also the thing of the age of the game. Um, also the game's original price was also $50. So it's even more expensive than when it originally came out. Um, whether it's right or not to say, you know, time matters when it comes to pricing um um i think everyone has that expectation in the real world and and nintendo charging 60 dollars for this game is very um very it's very difficult for me at least to justify that purpose purchase for a game i've already played i think if you're buying skyward sword new cool 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 but if you if you've already played skyward sword or unless you're like a super fan who just wants to sit down and play through that game again um, maybe a little a little hard to, to swallow that so i i might wait to see if the, the game goes on sale at some point if maybe the digital version gets down to like 20 dollars at some point that's i feel like that's a, a sweet spot for me when it comes to skyward sword um uh, but yeah i i really want to try that game on hero mode and 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 i would like to play through that game again and and i never 100 percented it and i've i've 100 percented every other zelda 3d zelda um, with the exception of Breath of the Wild, because I do not like Breath of the Wild very much. That and 100% in that game seems like a absolute nightmare. <laughs> um, so it doesn't seem like a game that was intended for you to 100% Breath of the Wild. Like the, the little, like, uh, what are they called? The little poop, golden poops or whatever. Um, it seems very much like those things were never meant to be com fully completed or collected. Uh, or anything like that. So, uh, the other game that they announced to come to Switch, and, and I hope we see more 3DS games come to the Switch, is, uh, Miitopia, the, 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 the me-based, uh, JRPG, I don't know if it's technically a JRPG, but it's an RPG, uh, for the Switch, and I am, I am, I am pretty excited for this. I think I will pick this up. I think it is one of those cases where it's also $60 when the original game was, like, 30 or 40 but like I said earlier, I have not ever played Miitopia, so I don't really feel too bad about buying the original game and i personally would rather play it on console than i would um um, um on handheld so metopia i think i might go ahead and pick up i don't know when it was coming out um so but yeah it's like a little jrpg featuring your mies i'm a big fan of tomodachi collection and uh, and tomodachi uh, life um and this is kind of in that same vein and it's the only one i have not played yet in that that vein i think um, I don't think they, I don't know if they have the little like dialogue, uh, in that game. Like, you know, the characters, you could make them say whatever you want them to say. I don't think they ever had that in me, me, or, uh, Metopia, unfortunately. So I, I, if they, I don't think they announced anything like that during the show, but if they, that'd be the one request I would have of like big things I'd want, uh, out of that game in terms of updates. I think they're adding new content too. I think you can get on a horses now whatever that means. Um, I mean, obviously you can kind of ride it around, but I think it was like a very simple, uh, JRPG kind of built out of the street pass RPG for, for, um, um, I forget what that was called on, on street pass, but it was like a street pass game where you have your me's go through like an RPG thing. And I, I played that one to death. Um, I, I played a lot of that, uh, which was helpful when I was in college that I was able to get a bunch of people, um, from college, uh, regularly. So I was able to, um, level up a lot of characters and things like that. 
And that's pretty much it for the Nintendo Direct stuff that I personally had a lot of interest in. Uh, there was Pyro with Smash Brothers. I don't really have anything to say about that. I do have my own feelings about the choice of Pyro, um, but I think it's kind of whatever. Uh, my my feelings are kind of whatever. I think Pyro is a good choice of character, um, or at least the character that makes the most sense from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, and then uh, Pyra and Mithra, I guess, specifically. Um, and then also there was uh, Splatoon 3, but I haven't played Splatoon 2, so I have no real feelings on what Splatoon 3 should be. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. In terms of upcoming content, um, so uh, I I played through, or what's coming up next week for casual review is uh, the, the Tozan RPG, Climbing RPG casual review. That's going to be going up. Last week, I had the Alleyway casual review that went up, so you can go ahead and watch that right now. But uh, otherwise, this this week, I'm going to have on Wednesday that Tozan review uh, RPG going up. Um, I went ahead and played through Jumping Flash, the, the the second half of that game on my own. So I'll probably do a casual review for Jumping Flash. And um, and on stream, we finished up Industrial Spy Operation Espionage, finally. Um, so so if you were t- tuning out of that stream because it was me just reading a guide the whole time, uh, you're welcome to come back. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so, so I'll probably be doing a casual review for that too. I have enough feelings about that game. I think it's worth doing a casual review for. Um, so, so that will be uh, coming up. And then in terms of big content, I'm still kind of, debating between billy hatcher or the disaster video being the march um video it's really just going to depend on how they come together i think uh but i do plan to have one of those done um in early march sometime uh in terms of what's coming up in terms of uh uh streams i've got a next week we're doing kind of a variety stream um if you want to have a request or it's like a request stream basically so if you want to have me to play a particular game for you know 15, 30 minutes, let me know. I put a post up on the uh, One Controller Port Twitter, um, basically uh, going through or making a post where you can reply to it with whatever game you want to request. Uh, if you request it ahead of time, that means I can more easily uh, set it up and have it ready uh, rather than if you request it during the stream, it might be a little harder for me to do that. So if you want to request something, uh, go ahead and let me know. There's also a link to the, my backlog right, so you can see what I have. Uh, the, the stream is going to start with Toy Pop, though. I want to play, I think I want to try to finish Toy Pop. Um, all, I think 44 levels of Toy Pop. Um, I don't think it'll be that long to do that. Uh, I think it's Infinite Continues and then Mamco Museum version of it. So I should be able to, uh, do, you know, just push through it, um, and, and get to the end of that game. I think it'll take probably maybe like 45 minutes to an hour and then we'll, we'll switch over to the, uh, the request, requested games and, and start from there. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. Uh, again, onecontrolport.com is the website and I hope you have a great week. Bye. <laughs>